Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. We are at the inaugural podcast for A Father's Wisdom, hosted by our very own James E. Daniels, Sr. Um, I am his son, Tyrone Daniels. It's just an honor to be on his very first podcast. Um, he is a man of three children. I'm the youngest of his children, and I believe that he has deposited a wealth of wisdom into people around him, into his community, into his church, and to everyone that has surrounded him. And we, he wanted to share this information on this podcast so that those who may not have a father or your father has passed on, that he can share those nuggets of wisdom with those who are dear to him and close to him, near and far. Um, the scripture that we want to read is Deuteronomy 11 and 19, the King James Version, and it says, And ye shall teach them your children... Speaking of them, when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And we just want to say a word of prayer before we get immediately to James E. Daniels Sr. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We love you for waking us up this morning and starting us on our way. We appreciate all that you've done for us, O oh God. And God, now we ask that you... Go into the airways, anoint the airways, touch James E. Daniels so that he may be share the wisdom that you departed into him, O oh God. O oh God, we ask that you touch every listener, allow them to have a listening ear, allow those to call in and be ministered to, and we believe that you'll get all the glory and all the honor for all the great things you've done. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And without further ado, we're going to get into the inaugural broadcast of A Father's Wisdom with James E. Daniels. You're now in the hands of James E. Daniels. Good afternoon. It's indeed a pleasure to uh, talk to you this afternoon. And uh, I'm sitting here in my home and uh, talking to my son and going back to the days when they were younger and sitting at the uh, kitchen table for breakfast or dinner. I felt strongly that uh, father's job was to teach them in order that they would be able to survive in this great nation that we live in. I'll just give you a brief background of myself. I was born and raised in uh, Jackson, North Carolina, which is Northampton County, uh, the uh, first county uh, going south from Virginia, about 80-some miles from Norfolk, Virginia. My uh, mother uh, raised us by cleaning uh, houses. My father worked at the sawmill. Uh, when I left home, I was working in the fields of chopping cotton and uh, picking cotton in the fall, uh, making an average of $2.50 a day. And first, I want to give honor and praise to God because when I look back from how far that I have come, I know it was his blessing that when I retired a few months ago on November 30th, I was making over $500 a day. And I know it's to the grace of God that that took place. And what I'm uh, attempting to do uh, with in my retirement is trying to pass on some of the things that I had 
with worldly experience, but I also want to pass on the wisdom that God gave me once I turned my life over to Jesus Christ. And that's very important that we understand that there's two types of wisdom get from experience in the world, and then there is the wisdom that God gives us. And the wisdom that God has given me over the years in directing my family and my children, I, words cannot tell you the value in that. So one of my first things to uh, my sons is whatever it is that you're doing, never turn loose the hand of God because he will see you through all types of problems that you may be going through. I want to start the program out with, I was at a couple's meeting a few weeks ago, and the gentleman was given a presentation, and the presentation was uh, net worth. And uh, I was enjoying it, as all the other couples were, up in the northern part of Wisconsin, and he said that the black uh, family's network net worth was $6,000 versus $100,000 uh, for a white family. And my ears really uh, tuned up to hear what he was saying because that concerned me. We started talking about $6,000. That's barely enough money to bury one member of the family. And I want to talk for a few minutes about net worth and why it's so important that my sons and daughters understand the importance of monitoring this uh, from the time you enter the workforce until the time that you retire because it will be the thermometer that will gauge the quality of life that you will be able to provide for yourself and your children. Uh, Network is basically the uh, all of the assets that you have uh, add those up, and all the liabilities, basically what you owe people, uh, add those up and subtract the uh, liabilities from the assets. And what that score is, if it's zero, you're in trouble. Or uh, if it's uh, $200, $300, uh, dollars, or if it's $200,000, uh, $300,000. We're going to talk about that. Now, some of the things that we look at when we talk about uh, assets, I'm talking about how much do you have in your checkings account? How much do you have in your savings? How much do you have in deposits, T-bills, uh, T-bonds, other bonds, bonds and mutual funds, U.S. stock mutual funds, uh, stock mutual funds, uh, shares and in investment clubs, uh, cash value of whole life insurance. And we're going to talk a little bit more about insurance versus whole life insurance. We want to talk about what type of uh, assets do you have in your uh, re retirement plan? Are you working on a job that will provide a pension? Because surely you're definitely going to need that pension one day when you get my age and you say, well, no more income is coming in. If you do not have a good pension set up, 
you're going to have to really begin to bite into your network, and that is the cash that you have on hand in order to provide the basic needs of life. Uh, we're also talking about in retirement, your 401K, your IRA, your uh, Roth IRA. What's the difference between it and a regular IRA? Uh, basically, uh, we will talk about that a little bit later, but an IRA that we uh, take out and put money into there, and when we begin to take those funds out, it will be taxed. And if we use a, a Roth IRA, uh, the tax dollars will not come out. And it's very important to understand it's best to put it into, if I were a young person as my sons are right now, I would go with the Roth IRA because uh, taxes are at the lowest point. Eventually, uh, with the nation's uh, debt, taxes are going to have to go up. And when they go up, when you begin to take those funds out, they're going to be taxed at a very high rate. Other investments that uh, I'm talking about, at, uh, we start looking at the assets. We look at uh, your home, what is the value of that home, how much you still own that home, vacation home, uh, if you have a business, personal property. We look at cars, jewelry, household furniture. And you add up all of those assets. Then you turn around and you start looking at your liabilities. Now, your liabilities are your mortgage, your second mortgage, your car loan, your installment loans, uh, credit cards, uh, real estate investment, business debt, IOU, etc. But the key to it, the things as I wanted to pass on to my children as a father is don't get caught into the trap of trying to impress the Joneses, meaning that this, look at, how, at this fine car I had. I, I used to uh, ride to work with one of my sons, and I would ask him, I said, which is the most important? Is it important to own a uh, Mercedes I drive one, or is it more important to have the money in the bank knowing that if you wanted to purchase that Mercedes, you could purchase it straight up? And he would always say in the beginning when we began to talk that I would uh, like to own that Mercedes and drive it around so I can pick up girls. And I said, no, no, that's the wrong idea. It's always better to have the money Number one, we should go out and buy the Mercedes, and you won't be paying the interest and uh, the great funds on that. And I would give them an example of once when I was in the grade school, I said to a young person about uh, six or seven years old, I said, I'm going to allow you to go inside of the bank. And inside this bank is going to be a little desk in the corner, with a pen uh, and paper and checks. And you have the option of you can walk into this bank and all of the money that you can get in your hands and your arm, you can walk out the door with it, or you can sit at the desk and figure out how you can uh, write a check or whatever to get all of the funds transferred to your account. And every one of the young people I talked to said to me, I would rather 
I'll go into the bank and just get my arm full of tens and twenties and walk out. And I would say to them afterward, what if you were to sit down at the table and figure out how much money was in that bank and write a check to have all of the funds moved out? And a lot of them had problems of understanding that. They focus on what I can see, what I can touch, what I can carry wealth. And I would say to them, no, that is not all wealth. We live in one of the richest countries in the world, the United States of America. And 95% of the money that's moved in America is moved on paper. And there's an old saying that I don't want anyone to know my business. Therefore, I'll pick it up, put it in my pocket, and walk with it. But if you really stop and think about it, if all the money you have is what you can put in your pocket. You have very little money, and very few people want to know what's in your pocket. They'd rather look at a portfolio showing what your investments are, what you have in the bank, what you have in savings, and things of that nature. And that's what we're going to talk about uh, today. Now, one of the things that in talking to my uh, two sons and my daughter, I want them to understand that if you were to go out and purchase a Mercedes, you need to put insurance on it. Uh, if you were to go out and purchase uh, a nice home, you need to put insurance on it. And the reason you would put insurance on this uh, home or uh, this car, in case something was to happen, you would want some type of coverage so you would not lose all your investment. There's one key thing. There's five things that I told them in order to be a successful adult man or woman that they would have to conquer. First is understanding, loving, and trusting God. Second is to learn how to manage money. Third is to be able to feed themselves independently of their mother and their father because a day will come as it did with my mother and father. They left. They died. They must be able to clothe themselves independently of their mother and father. And they must be able to shelter and provide shelter for themselves and their families independent of the government, independent of anyone other than themselves providing that. Now let's talk for just a few minutes about God. If we had anything in the world that was worth anything, we would want insurance on it and we would pay as an investment. One of the greatest investments that I have made in my family and I am beginning to reap it more and more uh, in my old age is my investment of tithing. And let me give you my definition of tithing. My definition of tithing is that every dollar 
that comes into my home, 10 cents, one thin dime, which you can't buy a comb of ice cream or candy or anything with in there, one dime out of every dollar belongs to God. And he asked us to give that in obedience. And some have a definition that you give the dime because you want to give it to a minister, you give it because you belong to a certain organization, Catholic, Jewish, uh, Protestant, whatever. Uh, And some have the definition of I pay tithes as if I bought a lottery ticket, so if I give $100 on Sunday, I'll hit the lottery ticket on Tuesday and get 1000 My definition of tithes were, and for many years that I did not pay tithes and did not want to pay tithes because I listened to the worldly version of paying tithes. And the worldly version of paying tithes was uh, you giving some man something which normally we call a priest or a minister or whatever, or you giving some organization a dime out. So I decided uh, that I was going to try tithing according to God's command. I would just basically say, uh, was saying to God, I will, I, in obedience of your word, I will give a dime. I'm not looking for a lottery ticket. I'm giving a dime and asking you to bless the name of sense that you have allowed me to keep. And I want to tell you the investments on that. I wish they had stock on the stock market. I would invest every dollar I had into tithing with the returns I have gotten on that dime over the years. And I didn't look for a lottery ticket. I just, in obedience, I want to say to my son, tithing is an insurance policy that you cannot buy worldly. It has to be a relationship between you and God. He paid off all of my debt. Paid off my home. Uh, my cover ran over with savings and investments and pensions. And without that godly insurance policy, tithing, and God blessing this family, uh, I would not be able to sit here this afternoon and talk to you about net worth. Because net worth, at the end of the day, is when you get to the age where you can't work anymore and you can't bring a paycheck in anymore and you sit down in the chair of your home and you look around and you say I have worked 40 and 50 years and God what do I have to show for it and if the only thing you can see when you turn and look around is nothing but a reflection of yourself in the mirror and no assets you are in trouble one has to think that there will be a day, and I used to be, I'd say to my son and my daughter, that I was once young, and I uh, thought that I would never get arthritis and I never would get old and I would always work. But I'm going to tell you, November 30th, 2014, I retired, and God has blessed me. And I believe the reason why I was blessed because I decided to invest in my future and being obedient to God and paying my tithes and praying and being saved and trying to live to be a Christian. That's 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 very, very important. Because one of the things that I noticed that God gave me a gift to 
watch what was going on in the world. And I noticed people who were rich, who had some of the most beautiful women, beautiful homes, all kind of money, but they were committing suicide and everything else. And I asked myself, what is causing that? And I have lived to find that the most guarded thing one can have is to have the Holy Spirit, God, in their lives every day, and I thank God for that. Now, the second thing on the list I want to talk about, I wanted to talk about money. Now, we may not be able to finish this today in 30 minutes, but if the program is going well and you want to send an email at the end of the program, I'll call in for some questions. We can finish it later on. But I want to talk about money for a few minutes. I want to talk about budgeting. And budgeting is like the car lights in the dark on a curvy road. If you are spending your money and you do not have a budget, you are driving in the dark with no headlights on. And when you when daylight comes, you are going to be lost because you have no idea where you're going in the dark because you can't see where you're going. And spending money without a budget is the same thing. You cannot, to do that, 30, 40 years down the road, you're going to turn around and look, and you won't have anything. And the key to money is this. When you get through working and you're paying your tithes and you're paying your bills, you have to ask yourself, how much of this dollar can I put aside that I can say one day, this is mine, my wife, and my children? And if you work every day and you work every week, at the end of the week, you don't have a dollar to show for it, you're in trouble. Money you have to you have to save. We have to have a joy in saving. We have. Uh, I had a problem as a young man coming up of being an impulsive spender. I was fortunate enough to marry a, a young lady who uh, loved the joy of savings, and thank God for that uh, because it made a great difference 45 years later after our marriage and in our retirement and investment. But I'm going to talk, if you, you should teach your children how to manage money. And I'd just like to give you one example. At Christmas time, I would say to my children, I'm going to give you a certain amount of money, $100, $150, on a one understanding. At Christmas time, Christmas Day, uh, we worship God. There will be no Christmas gifts purchased on Christmas. But if you wait until the sales come on, I will take you to Chicago. Any place you want to go, I will drive you around and let you buy the things you want as long as you wait for the sales. And they all agreed, and I would uh, kick up the end and maybe twenty five, thirty more dollars on there for them to do that. And what was I trying to do? I was trying to teach my children not to be trapped into the capitalist trick of every dollar you get, bring it to me. Now, twenty five, thirty, forty years, now, if you were to go to each one of my children, none of them have the impulse to spend immediately. They're always looking for deals. They're always looking to find the the best price for their money. And I was trying to teach them, and I think uh, the mother and myself were successful in teaching them 
Do not spend every dollar you get your hands on. And each one of them have a, have a good saving. They've already started working on their net worth, and they're doing very well. But you have to start teaching them when they are children that every time you get an allowance and every time you get some money, you don't spend it. And one of the ways we did that, and which I can talk earlier if you have a question about that and call in, some other things that we would do to uh, teach them how to start managing their money. And one of those things that we did is every day I got paid or every week that I got paid, each child would receive their allowance. And they would receive no more money until payday. And I could hear uh, one of my sons would say to his mother, when does daddy get paid again? Because they knew not to come to me for any money of any kind until payday. I wanted them to understand the value of working. I wanted them to understand the value of uh, holding their money to the next payday. And I did not believe in giving them an artificial world of constantly giving them because in constantly giving them, I was programming them to believe that someone else always had the responsibility to take care of them. I only have five minutes, and I won't be able to uh, finish everything, but some of the things that I want to go uh, talk to you about, if we get a chance to talk again, uh, is your children uh, being uh, a liability versus an insurance. And basically what I'm ta- I like to talk about next time we talk is uh, what that means. Your child can cost you to the day they die. Uh, they can be an insurance policy. Uh, if something happens to you that they can assist you because they have we- been well established. I want to talk to you about uh, education being very important. And I want to talk to you about the wall of building around your family uh, to make sure that the capitalist wolf does not blow your house down and that it is establishing uh, money for a crisis, to having a Murphy fund, why insurance is needed, paying off short-term debt, and uh, building a fund that you can say one day, as my wife did, walked into the den one day and said, honey, you really don't need that job anymore. Uh, tax advantage for retirement fund, saving for your children's uh, college education. Why is it important to educate your kids? Uh, me and my wife worked on uh, objectives each year, and the top of the list was to educate our children so they could take care of themselves. Retirement plan, planning, paying off your mortgage, uh, and the last thing is, again, the uh, legacy that you want to leave behind. And the legacy I want to leave behind is that uh, when my wife and myself is gone, that our children will be an example of an asset to their community, to their world, instead of being a liability. And those are the things that I will be talking about in the future. And I want to, again, thank my uh, youngest son, Elder Tyrone Daniels, for assisting me in doing this. Uh, this is my first time attempting to do this. I've just been talking from uh, years of experience of raising three children, being married for 45 years, struggling against racism, struggling to make it uh, a decent salary, trying to make an appropriate salary 
So in the time of retirement, I could get a decent uh, pension. But uh, we have two minutes left, and if there is any questions that uh, someone would like to call in and ask uh, for me to speak on, I'd be glad to do it at this time. But it's been a pleasure talking to you today, and I hope there's something that I've said that may be able to assist uh, some young lady or some young man out there that's struggling each day uh, to make a living in this country. And these last two minutes, I want to I want to close by saying that that in order to have nuclear power, you have to have nuclear waste, meaning something's thrown away. In order for a small number of people to be rich, a large number of people have, are forced, are programmed to be poor. Make sure you're not in the lateral. And you have a good day, and God bless you, and I will be waiting for any type of response that you may have or some of the things that I had to say today. But I have uh, had a good career. God has blessed me. And when the the end of the day and I can turn and look at my children and they can uh, do those things I talked about, know God, feed themselves, clothe themselves, manage money, provide shelter for themselves, I give all the praise and glory to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I hope that you will have a good afternoon and find yourself a church to go to this Sunday. And uh, may God be with you.